Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2021. It's Jason and John here. We are joined by Avery, Derricks, and Carmen from the movie Questions, which was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, John, how are you doing today? I'm uh, doing well. How are you? Good, man. How, how are you guys doing? Avery, how are you doing? What you been up to? Uh, you know, considering the circumstances, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, this is, you know, it's Christmas time. It's my favorite time of the year. So I'm soaking that up, enjoying that. And um, things are great. I, right now, I'm just trying to work on uh, taking these next two days, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas, to relax. <laughs> that's that's what I really need to work on right now is just a little bit of relaxation. So, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Derek, what have you been up to? Man, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a blessed season, but it's been a whirlwind. I actually um, have been in Atlanta filming a, filming a series. I can actually talk about it now because the big announcement came out yesterday. So um, uh, there's a new series called Johnson, and I'm so grateful to be on it. So I've been out there for the last month and a half filming that. I got to come home and spend time with the family, so I'm trying to soak it all in uh, for like uh, a week, a couple days, and then uh, I'm right back there January 3rd. Awesome. Carmen, what have you been up to? How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Just getting ready for Christmas. Um, my daughter's birthday is tomorrow, Christmas Eve. And so we don't celebrate Christmas Eve like most people do. It's Cheyenne's birthday. So that's what we're planning on. Planning on eating a lot more sweets and getting, you know, even more fat than I've already gotten. <laughs> this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that that COVID weight is no joke. And then add on to it the holiday cookie season. Oh man. She always says that, but she does not ever yeah. we don't ever know what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's usually how it is. <laughs> you see me from here to here right now, and that's the way I want it. <laughs> the problem is, is that Carmen is an amazing cook. People might not know that, but she cooks I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now you're going to have all these requests. Make, Sorry about that. Make long drives just to come and have tamales at my house years and years ago. Long drive. Oh. <laughs> love tamales. Okay. You shoot. I'm, I, you know, I might make a trip. Put on, <laughs> I love tamales. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to get into questions, but I got a quick question for uh, Avery. You worked on Boston Public. How was it like working with David E. Kelly? Because I... I've just watched the shows in that universe. I haven't watched Boston Public yet. It's next. I've watched okay. Ali McBeal, The Practice, and Boston Legal. Okay. How was it like working with him? Because he is a television icon. Yeah, no, David David is, was incredible. I mean, the, the craziest thing about David is that, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, and I don't know if he still does it, but when he was writing Boston Public, he literally wrote every episode <laughs> in like a couple of hours. I mean, he would lock himself in a room and come out maybe two hours later with a full episode. And then you'd read it and it and it would be good. <laughs> and that's not, that's just not how it's supposed to work. Like it just <laughs> he's he's an alien in that regard. Um, but uh very cool. I mean, he was really cool. He just he was he he, he was very loose, you know. He kind of lets you once you were cast cast in the production, he kind of just lets you bring your own flair to it, you know. Um um, you know, obviously, if you brought something that you know that didn't work, he would he would stop you <laughs> and, and work. But but he was very open to working with you and letting you bring your own thing to it. And I think that's kind of where the magic comes uh, with a lot of his shows. You know, the characters. I think that's why his characters and his shows are so great, and people respond to him because it's such a he's so good at collaborating with you to help build them. 
what is the tone of Boston Public? Because I watched Boston Legal first, and okay. then I went back and watched the practice, and I was culture shocked because the shows are so different, even different, though they right? share characters. So I'm yeah. curious, like, how is Boston Public? Because Ali McBeal is completely out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole, yeah, <laughs> a whole different thing. Um, I would say Boston Public is closer to um, – it would be closer to Boston Legal – um, but it's still, again, it's its own, it's its very own world, right? Like it's, you know, if you didn't know that David E. Kelly was, was responsible for both, then you wouldn't put it, you wouldn't put it together. You wouldn't guess it. But if I had to say what the tone is closest to, I would say Boston Legal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's how I've, what I've noticed with this show is the tones are so different. Yeah. Yeah. Which was interesting because I also got a chance. I just did one episode on Boston Legal, but I got a chance to work on Boston Legal too. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah, 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 which was fun. I got I got uh both of my feet shot off by uh <laughs> by I by, I am just going to do it. He would be so upset if I did. But James T Kirk doesn't like it when uh <laughs> William Shatner, William Shatner. But um but yeah, I I got I got both of my feet shot. Uh That was you? <laughs> I remember. Yeah, yeah. You remember? Okay, yeah, yeah. But um but it was interesting because again, it was a great experience, but just so much, so much different, you know, it's a different, whole different vibe on set. Um, but again, a great experience, but yeah, it's, it's really fascinating how he, how he's like a chameleon. I mean, and it shows, you know, represent that and show that it's, uh, it's pretty fantastic what he's able to do. Yeah. I watched uh, questions today and, um, the first thing I noticed going into the show is what man in 2020 does not know that on Valentine's Day, if the woman says, don't get me anything, you're supposed to get something better than you already had planned. Well, <laughs> well uh, that would be Omar. Um, with, with, yeah. And it's and it's actually it's it's based. That's a true story. That really happened. Um, but <laughs> And but but I can say to uh, to Omar's benefit, and since I actually did that, uh, my benefit when I did that in reality, that was that was years ago. That wasn't twenty twenty, so I was a little younger, a lot a lot stupider, and uh, <laughs> and and I you know I was just like, hey, well you know I'm going to take whatever you say literally. I you know I was I wasn't that that happened at a time where I was not very good at reading between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but uh and, and Omar uh is not either, obviously, as you were able to see. <laughs> oh, I've done it before too, back when I was Have you? Oh, okay. All right, oh man, so you got me out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've done it. Take your mouth uh, word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think you're doing the right thing, you know, and then it's like, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> uh the part that I enjoyed, there was two parts that I enjoyed most about the the film, but the first one. I want to just mention how much I enjoyed the pager because as the only man on the face of the planet that misses his Blackberry, I'm that guy. I can relate. <laughs> yeah. You know what? The first thing I want to say about that is I want to ask Derek's if he has anything he'd like to, to say about that comment from John there, because hey, that pager was one of the things was one of my notes. Like, dude, we got to take that out. <laughs> we got to, we gotta take it out. He fought for that. There's some things that 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 were lost, but that was not one of them. The pages stayed in, and I have to be honest, it it really is hilarious. It really is funny because it is funny. Like, yeah, yeah. We sit on the couch and we're like, but who has a pager? Like, who does that? Like, you put a battery in it? Like, how does it work? Still? 
like it's just hilarious. So yeah, Abe was Abe, Abe was right on that. Yeah, yeah. It was to bring everybody up to speed uh, during uh, pre-production. Uh, before we started shooting, we were kind of going we, we were going over the script. And Derek's is a co-producer of the film, by the way. So we were going over the script, and Derek's and uh, our other co-producer, uh, Mark Etienne, who wasn't able to join us today. Um, they both were like, yo, we think the pager gag has got to go. <laughs> they didn't, they thought they were like, you know, pages are so old now, you know, a lot of people aren't even gonna remember them, this, that, and the other. And I said, that's what makes it so funny. I'm like, I'm like, the the less people actually remember them, to me, the funnier it is. And uh I, I was just like, no, it will not go. I refuse to let that one go. And uh, so thank John. I well, and here's the funny part. As I'm watching it, I'm, and and Omar's trying to borrow everyone's phone, I'm like, doesn't C have a landline in this universe? Like, couldn't he just call? Couldn't no, he call? Everybody else uses cell phones, so no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I, yeah, landlines. Um, do, does anybody here use a landline? That'll I, be I, in the sequel anymore. In the sequel, yeah. <laughs> do you, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I think landlines are almost a thing of the past. <laughs> I got my I got one for the house a few years back, so my daughter's friends could call her. I ended up just okay. getting her a cell phone because that's a telemarketer like magnet. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but my second thing that I really liked was I loved the chemistry among Jason, Omar, Brian, and C. I felt like that was very well done. It, it didn't seem as if you gentlemen were actors. You generally seem like you would have been friends and were peeking in on, you know, you guys hanging out on the couch um, or, or whatever. I, so that was that was awesome as well. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we actually were, were friends. I mean, we, we've known each other, uh, the four fellas, uh, for, for years, you know. Yeah. We, um, I mean, I've known Derek's now for, sheesh, what, since 2000? nine eight something like that yeah, um man, it goes back yeah, yeah. and then yeah. i've known and i've known marquise for even i've known marquise for almost 20 years now because we we we've we've known we knew each other from uh new york we both used to live in new york and we know each other from those days and uh danny is the longest i've known danny uh who played brian for <laughs> wow i met danny in 90s in 97 so I've known Danny since 1997 in New York as well. We uh we were we were filming a Burger King commercial together, and uh, and we just we hit it off and became fast friends. And here we are, you know, all these years later. But yeah, so we we had relationships. I mean, you know, so that was cool. But but on top of that, all of those guys, Derek's, uh, Marquise, um, Danny, they're fantastic actors, fantastic. So because just because you have that chemistry. If, it doesn't mean it's automatically going to come across on screen if you can't, you know. But the fact that we had that chemistry and all of those guys are so fantastic. Oh yeah, it, it you know it really came across. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carmen, if uh, I could just ask you a couple of real quick questions. Um, doing some research, you know, you've appeared on Breaking Bad and In Plain Sight and some kind of really heavy uh, kind of shows, if you will, yeah. and projects. So yeah. was this like a, a great change of, uh, of pace for you, a breath of fresh air, so to speak, to be in a kind of a more of a lighthearted kind of comedic type of project? 
Well, it was it was different and light and refreshing in a lot in a lot of ways. Um, and one was because of the relationship I have with Derek's first, because he's like a brother to me, like like a real brother. Like a lot of people say, like, oh, he's like a brother, but like like really, we really go back. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I think I was probably one of the people, if anything ever happened to him and my sister Kelly, his wife, that like the kids would come to, you know what I'm saying? Like that, yeah, that that's real. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, so to be on this set, it was, uh, it was just like, you know, being with family. It was refreshing in that kind of way. It was so wonderful. It was just so great to be there, the, the mood, the energy, the, the magic that was happening. Just like you said earlier, I think it was John that asked Avery about, you know, the chemistry. It was just all there because of that energy, that love that was there, that um, you know, sense of family and camaraderie. And uh, so, so that's how, that's how it was for me. Gotcha. You, go ahead, I can say it now because, you know, we were filming a long time ago, but <laughs> Carmen's never heard this, but when we were, when we were filming, we filmed all of our scenes together and all the scenes were together in it. And so when we're filming the day we were filming, I love Breaking Bad. So, <laughs> Internally, I was bugging out because I just kept going like, "Whoa, yo, it's the principal from Breaking Bad," and I'm trying to be cool, you know. But it's, I'm trying to, you know, direct the scene, and I'm trying to be cool. But the whole time, like, "Yo," I love that. I had no idea. I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> well, you brought it up, so I have to ask: What was it like working on Breaking Bad, which is my favorite show of all time? It was amazing. That show, like everybody from Vince Gilligan to, you know, Brian, Anna, everybody was just amazing to work with. I was in the pilot. So I was really blessed to be part of the show from the beginning and then to be part of the second to the last show. And so, you know, to see the progression and, um, and everybody was just so lovely, so lovely, so down to earth, so kind, generous, giving as actors, as human beings. It was just a really, really great show to work on. So Aaron Paul's use of the word bitch in the show, is that all in the script or was some of it ad-libbed? <laughs> there was a lot of bitches. It could add some. <laughs> Uh, well, one thing I also enjoyed about questions is the fact that it is very relatable. I think we all have been in relationships that have been great and then they've had rough times and then there's been breakups and whatnot. So, uh, Avery, when you sat down to kind of start piecing this story together, was a focal point making it relatable or was it, I'm just going to write this tale and if it happens to be relatable, which it is, great. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it would skew towards the latter, which is, I mean, you know, you try as much as possible to make it relatable, but I really wasn't thinking of it in those terms to be, what I was honestly thinking about the whole time was, well, was honesty. I felt like, you know- Please knock it off. Oh, oh that was, yeah. I felt like, uh, I felt like as long as I could be as honest as possible, 
then you know, then it would relate to somebody. <laughs> you know, somebody would. Mm-hmm. Get it. Um, I felt like I couldn't have been the only person who you know have experienced these things or had these certain thoughts or insecurities. And you know, and I've always been a fan of like uh, Woody Allen films. And one of the things I like about his films, uh, I just love the way he he uses all of his uh, you know neuroses and you know, you know, different fears and and brings comedy out of them. You know, he's just real honest about things that he's very neurotic about. And it usually brings, you know, a lot of humor, in my opinion. So I felt like, well, I want this to be funny. And I felt like the more honest I could be, the funnier it would have a chance to be and the more relatable. Um, So, yeah, that's that's kind of where my headspace was with that. Okay, so obviously, you know, you guys didn't have 20th Century Fox or, or one of these big movie houses behind you, movie companies behind you. So what are some of the trials and tribulations of making a film in a more independent uh, in manner? <laughs> well, first uh, I just wore you out, didn't I, with that question? <laughs> yeah, yeah you, I started getting flashbacks about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, definitely a little uh, uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome from that one. But you know, it's the biggest thing is just having to wear so many different hats. I mean, it was already difficult as a director and an actor, you know, in a project. But but then when you put on the producer hat, uh, then you put on, you know, we had to, I mean, Derek's and I were making trips to the, uh, <laughs> to pick up lights and, you know, we have to do all this stuff. So, I mean, it, there's just so much like, uh, it's literally like it's already hard making the film, but when you have to do it and, and wear, you know, ten or ten hats at the same time, <laughs> you know, it's um, it's hard and it creatively. I mean, um, Darius can speak. I'm, I'm curious to see what Derek thinks about it, but I know for me, it was real hard, constantly flipping all the switches because it's each each little different area takes a different part of the brain, you know, to process. So, it's, you know, you're acting in the scene. That's one part of your brain. Then you got to kind of step out of that and be able to look at it and analyze it from a director's point of view. But then also you got to step out of that and be able to look at it from a producer's point of view for mm-hmm. all kinds of reasons. You know, it, it's, it was, it was tough. And so, you know, that's, I would say for me, that's the biggest difference between working independently and with a studio backing you is, you know, usually when you have a studio backing you, <clears throat> unless you're just some kind of insane control freak, you have, there's a person whose sole job is dedicated to one specific area. And so it's just just a lot smoother and a lot easier to get things done, you know, to process. So um, for me, that's that's the big thing is instead of having a team of people, I mean, we had a great team, but it was very small. So everybody had to do multiple things, you know, so, yeah. Uh, Derek, <laughs> would you agree with, with what Avery said or? Nah, no, not, no, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> It was, you know, it was crazy because, you know, Avery and I would be doing a scene uh, totally grounded, totally in the moment. And in the next moment, we're having a conversation about the location tomorrow, Um, you know, or making sure that, you know, what time we got to take the lights back. Um, You know, I I think one of the biggest things that happens, though, um, when you're doing an indie film is you really get to see all the people that really believe in you and support you. Right. Because you need help. And so we were able to take stock and go, wow, you know, we have a lot of friends that we are, we collectively can, we haven't used that card yet. So we can ask for some favors. And so like our lighting package from Monster Lighting, uh, my guy, Eric Hall, he gave us 
and I hope you don't get in trouble, but he gave yeah. us a body package like every time we needed for free. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. We were able to collectively get all the locations for the place and actors like Carmen and, Carmen, yeah. you know, all the so many other actors that we had on there uh, just did favors because they believed in the script and they thought it was a universal uh, theme that, that we could all talk about and it was written really well by Avery. So it's just, you know, you get to really see all these people kind of come together from catering and on down that really help you make the film. Like when you're with Fox, you know, you just show up, you kind of <laughs> make sure that everyone's doing their job. But when you're doing an indie film, we are the ones that are doing the job and then also just making sure we can get all the help we can. So, um, but it was a good thing because on questions, we got so much love and support by so many people, so many brands, so many companies. It was really encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be promoting this movie because I think this movie was fantastic. It was some of the best acting I've seen this year. And you never know when people send you a movie to screen what, what the quality is going to be. But this one was absolutely one of the best ones I've seen so far. Hey! Yeah! Definitely, thank you. What did you think about me, Jason? <laughs> oh, you were fantastic. Typically, you know. <laughs> I do want to talk to you about your role as lady girl number one on next Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're the great on <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's how I got my SAG card. That really? is. Is that right? Yeah. And, and I was nursing my daughter. My daughter, whose birthday is tomorrow, Cheyenne. She was a year old, not even a year old when I did that movie. I was nursing her, so I was a little well endowed in ways that. <laughs> did you work with Ice Cube? Like, did you your scene directly with him? No, but he was always there because, like, he would come in and out. And so, that was such a fun project to work on. Like, um, I had originally read for the the role of the girlfriend. You know the. Mm -hmm. However, it went down, we tested, she got it, and then I was offered the role of girl number one. And um, and I just had so much fun. Like I said, I got my SAG card on on that project, and God, I look back on that and you said, you know, it was part of something really great, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's so funny because I remember when I did it, my sister's friends, you know, because it's such a popular movie. Yeah. We're like, wow, my sister. Um, I didn't know your sister was like a hoochie like that. Like, I know. <laughs> and I really got a sense of how the way some people, you know, look at actors, you know, with the roles that they take and the roles that they play. And it's just so funny. But that, that yeah, that, that you dug. You did. <laughs> I'm gonna let John get us back on track in just a minute, but uh, Derek, I did not forget about you. You were in Boston Legal too. What was your experience like on that show? Uh, you know, Boston Legal was cool because it was kind of like a full circle moment. Like my very first, um, well, maybe it was my it was my my second acting gig was on Chicago Hope. I'm dating myself. It was I was playing a, a teenage uh, phenom pitcher, and that was. That was my first experience with David E. Kelly. And it actually was historic. It's not now, but at that time, I was just a kid on there and, and, and uh, Mark Harmon got to use the word, uh, he, he cursed on it. 
And it was like the first time that anyone ever said SHIT on network TV. And it was like all this ruckus and David E. Kelly, you know, being the innovator he is, he did that. But then when I got to do Boston Legal, it was really cool because I was a little older then. I had more understanding of what was going on. And all my scenes were with James Spader. Um, I, was playing, I was playing a paramedic that we didn't get all of our military gear when we went to war. Um, so it was cool. I mean, I just loved his writing. I think like Avery said, he kind of, this is the thing about David E. Kelly. He's such an amazing writer. He's full confident that you're really not going to have to use a bunch of words to make it your own. Like he really is an amazing writer. He gives you some freedom, but you really, there's not really a lot you have to do to make it your own because he just writes that well. And I remember um, just thinking, wow, there's such an ease with it. Um, there's such a pleasantry with it. Um, it's just a great experience, both of them. Yeah. Do they keep all of James Spader's stuff in the scripts or do they leave it out because it's like a book in and of itself? Because he says so many words on that show. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. You know what? The thing about Boston uh, Legal was it was quirky. You know, yeah. you had J.T. Tur Turk, you had, uh, you know, William Shatner in there and um, James Spader, like the duo of them. It was really that quirky show. And it was so it was really grounded in life. But at the same time, there was a heightened reality to it. So James Spader was just uh, amazing on that show. And sometimes he would have, like, there was a scene where I was on the stand and one of the attorneys were coming, they were coming at me pretty hard. And I looked at him and he was supposed to say some things. And all James Spader just said, I looked at him for help and he was supposed to talk and he just went. <laughs> That's all he gave me. That was, don't say nothing, don't answer. So sometimes he would use all of his words and then sometimes it was enough just to give you a nod. And it all made sense. James Spader was like that. That was awesome. Well, going back to questions, I actually <laughs> have two things um, that I wanted to ask you folks. Uh, was there any parts uh, for any of you who want to jump on and jump in here? Were there any parts that were difficult to film in terms of maybe the emotion or just the physical yes. log logistics of things? Derek? Yes. I, look, I, 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 I like Justin. <laughs> but I don't walk in life like Justin. Avery might think I do. I don't. <laughs> There's no way in the world <laughs> I would be sitting somewhere and my girl looked to the left and I would be like, okay, she wants some dessert. Like, it just, nah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. That We wouldn't rock like that. But um, it, it, it was tough to play him. But I, then I took a creative view of him that he's not just this, like, weak individual that is just feeling so grateful to be want like to be in a relationship with a beautiful girl. I looked at it that he really knew what he had and he didn't need to lose it to understand what he had. So my take, I flipped it in my mind, whether you guys got that or not, <laughs> I flipped it in my mind that I just didn't need to lose. I didn't need it to be gone for me to cherish it. Okay. Avery? Um, you know, for me, as far as hard to film, I do you mean like in an uncomfortable way or just difficulty trying to figure out or both. You can go either avenue. Um, well, I, as far as filming itself, I, I would say, I don't know if there's anything that necessarily made me uncomfortable. Um, but there were two things. There was there was one with the filming. There's a scene where uh, my character, Omar, um, gets into an argument uh, with his uh, with Diane, his girlfriend. And, you know, because uh, he finds out that she... Well, I won't give away too much, but <laughs> they get to a big argument. And that scene, 
it was a real big shift in the scene, right? Like it gets pretty heated. And um, and so it was it was tough getting there, but then having to make the U-turn right away because right after it gets really heated, it gets really comedic, it gets comedic. Um, and it, it took a few takes. It took it, it was it was, I don't know, I, I had a little difficulty on the day of shooting that, you know, finding finding that range. Um comfortably and naturally, you know, without mm-hmm. without forcing it and making it look weird. It took a while for me to, to figure that out. So yeah, that was that was kind of difficult. Um, but the, the one thing that was super difficult for me, which had nothing to do with well, I guess it did have something to do with filming, but I had to I had to uh I won't get into too many specifics about it, but I had to fire a person. And uh that was a very, very difficult process. I yeah. never had to do anything like that before. And it was it was it was a really extreme. I mean, it was really extremely tough for me to yeah. do. Um, and yeah, that was hard. That was very very hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Carmen, were there any scenes for you that were challenging? You know, these fellas did all the work. I was so spoiled. <laughs> you know, I just showed up, and in one day, I did all my scenes, and they just made everything so nice for me. <laughs> all my scenes. We're with Avery. I hear I hear these guys talking about they had to do this, that, and the other. I had to come in and sit in here and make up and you know, sit at my desk with pretty clothes on and <laughs> um they took such good care of me. And um all my scenes were with Avery and so I just had so much fun because not only did he, you know, direct the film, but he did such a wonderful job. Um, with his character and acting. So he gave me so much to work with. And so I love my character and she, and just the way she's written, Avery did such a good job. And, um, you know, that I got to play this strong, beautiful woman in this power position. And, um, And very much, I feel like the character was very much like myself, um, where I'm I'm also a business owner. I'm very straightforward. Not a lot of not a lot of times I've been able to play this type of character. And so I was really grateful for the opportunity. And I just had a lot of fun. So it wasn't hard because like I said, they spoiled me and they made everything so easy. Okay. So what can I, I, can I oh, say? Go ahead, Dirk. Go ahead. Go ahead. When I had to wear the green, yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> when I had to, I'm not sure why Avery wrote that, but when I had to wear the green, that, that was probably the toughest day for me. Well, I thought that's what you were going to talk about. I thought he was going to bring that, that up. Was, yeah, that was the toughest day for me wearing the green. Yeah, 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 yeah by far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's a shot in the end credits of Derek's in that green, which just just encapsulates everything. Derek's experience with the green. <laughs> you wore it so well, babe. You wore it so well. <laughs> that was good. You guys can't even say nothing about it, so you understand. They, John, they're just like, yeah, no, I understand. I was going to ask you the They're like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> What were you going to ask, uh, John? Uh, I was going to ask, where can folks check out the film? 
Uh, well, it's available on most of the major streamers. So uh, it's on iTunes, available on iTunes. It's available on uh, Apple TV. It's available on Google Play. It's available on YouTube movies. Um, it's also available on, um, uh, on Amazon, Amazon Prime. It's also available on a platform called Gumroad. And um, I believe, I believe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, any of your major, major uh, streamers, you can you can find it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, Derek, I know you mentioned that you have a, a big project kicking off here, or has been actually in production. Uh, Carmen, Avery, do you have anything, or Derek, do you have any other projects you'd like to highlight real quick? Um. Well, I, yes. I, well, I, <laughs> um, uh, my producing partner MD Walton and I have a a, a film. Uh, called Michael. Uh, it's about an African-American boxer who's deaf and through child complications, he ends up giving his son, uh, but then ends up, after quitting boxing, gets back in the ring to regain custody. So we're working on that. And um, and we also have a, a film called uh, March. It's about three teenagers that decide to hitchhike um, from uh, D.C. Uh, to Selma to be part of uh, uh, Martin Luther King's speech. Um, I have a dream and there are three teenagers that just kind of hitchhike to get there and want to be part of it. So that's a limited series. Um, and, and then the other one, I'm over here nudging Avery to write the series on questions. I'm constantly nudging him. I'll work. I'll work. Live, and he needs to write this as a series. So we've been talking about that. Yeah. Well, I'm working on that. I'm actually, I'm working on it as we speak, but I, I'm not David E. Kelly. I can't, I can't write a whole thing in a couple of hours. Um, but, but no, I am working on uh, developing questions into a series. Um, so uh, working on that. Um, but I'm also working right now on, um, there's going to be, uh, do a, do a ah, going to do a web series called Daddy Playdate, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, which will hopefully be going into production on in a in, in a couple of months, um, and then I um, I will be appearing in Soul, which comes out this Friday, Pixar film. Uh, yeah, yeah, I voice I voice, uh, I voice uh, Muhammad Ali in that, so that's fun. <laughs> that's fun. Um, uh, so I have that coming out Friday, and then I, I guess everything is so secretive these days. So I'll just say that I. What's, what can I say? I'll say it looks like I'll be getting a chance to work with closely, actually, with uh, someone, an actor I've admired for a very long time, uh, Wesley Snipes. Uh, looks like I'm going to have a chance to be able to work closely with him for a few months, um, starting, starting in late January. So I guess I can't say any more than that right now. White men can't jump too. Please say it's white men. <laughs> I, I really do wish, but no, it's not that. It's not that. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh so yeah, that's what I have uh cooking right now. Carmen, how about you? It's a little dry. <laughs> but I'm actually um I work as as a self-love and empowerment coach. And so I work with women and men. And um so I've been focusing a lot on my coaching and also auditioning right now, you know, this whole I got I got my my beauty lights and my backdrop <laughs> trying to get out trying to get out as as much as I can right now with the circumstances and um 
kind of getting used to this this new normal. And of course, you know, waiting for my brothers to create projects for me. So, you know. <laughs> I was just gonna say, every project uh, I'm involved in, I'm gonna ask Carmen <laughs> I want her to give her money, but I'm asking her, I need her to be involved. She's just so amazing and brings a light to everything she does. I just have to have her in whatever I'm doing. She's yeah. Carmen, Carmen's one of those actors where to where after, if you're a writer as well, after you've worked with her, she's one of those actors where you start writing with her in mind. Mm -hmm. Stay mm -hmm. in okay. Yeah, yeah. That's so kind. Thank you, babe. Thank you. I've got two more questions. Um, first one is for Avery. Avery, what was it like being on the set for Curb Your Enthusiasm? <laughs> that was amazing. It was, <laughs> first of all, it was a dream come true. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I don't think there's a bigger fan of that show uh, than me. And and I've had a couple of friends who got the opportunity to be on it. And, you know, they would tell me about it, how the experience was. And I was, you know, I was jealous. Like, <laughs> I was happy for them, but I was jealous. I'm like, ah, oh, I want to get a chance to be on that show so bad. And and when it happened, it was, it was, I mean, <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, I, 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 I cracked. Larry David twice. So, you know, we I we're filming and I broke him. I broke him twice. I made him have to cut and stop the tape because, you know, which look, I, I could almost retire after doing that. And I was just like, eh, I've done it. There's really nothing left to do with this. <laughs> I, I, made, I made Larry David break. Eh, I'm a comedic genius. That's it. I'm going to go out now. But but it was fantastic. I mean, Larry, Larry, Larry is He's not exactly like uh, his character is on the show, but there are that. But he's but but he's there though. I mean, he's he's like a quiet in real life. He's a very much quieter version <laughs> of the Larry David you see on the show. Um, but really a cool guy. I mean, really, really funny, obviously, and um, just cool. And it was I mean, it was a great experience. I, I just you know, and everybody on the set. That was another great set. Um, it was a great set, real, real good experience and um, atmosphere. It was fantastic. Yeah. What What's it like working in the improv space on that show? Because it's improv, right? Like you get no. Yeah. yeah. Are they too? They'll tell you. They'll say, "Hey, at some point, we need you to say something like, you know." They'll say, "Hey, at some point, you'll have to say this," but that's it. They don't, you know, <laughs> you how to get there, <laughs> where to go from there. All that happens organically. They'll just maybe give you a couple of things to say, hey, make sure you mention this in this scene, and that's it. And then they say, okay, action. And and so so approaching a show like Kirby Enthusiasm, at first it's so nerve-wracking because it's I mean it's iconic television, you know. And and you're thinking, all right, okay, I gotta come off the top of my head with uh the master, <laughs> you know, and and it's very intimidating, but once you kind of get into it. Um, you know, I've heard boxers say before, you know, a lot of times you'll be nervous until you take that first punch and then you're like, oh, okay, I'm good. You know, you, you know, but and, you know, unless that punch knocks you out, but, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what it was like. It was, I was real nervous. I mean, I was, I might've even been shaking a little bit to be honest with you. I mean, I was like, oh man, okay. I, I hope I'm going to be funny. You know, I, I hope, you know, you don't want to. Because everyone's there and you don't want to say something and, and things just fall flat because in rehearsals, Larry's saying stuff, people are not laughing and it's legitimately funny and you don't want to come back with something and, and then you get crickets and, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, it was nerve wracking, but it, it worked out. I just once it started, it was just like being right in there 
And then once I got the first like reaction from Larry David, and after yeah, after he broke the first time from something I said, that's when it was like, oh man, okay, <laughs> all right, let's do this, let's play now. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I gotta ask you, Carmen, about a film you did back in two thousand seven with uh, Steven Seagal, Eddie Griffin, and um, Danny Trejo, <laughs> called Urban Justice. Well, why do you want to ask me about that exactly? <laughs> Does everyone ask you about that? Well, you know, you mentioned Steven Seagal. So we've heard a lot of stuff about him with the whole Me Too movement. And um, that was a really... <laughs> I, I, was, I was on a, a, a talk show once and the producers called me uh, before to kind of prep the questions. And they said, you know, we're huge fans and our audience is a huge, huge fans of Steven Seagal. And so we want to talk to you about urban justice. I said, yeah, then if they're fans, you probably don't want to ask me about how I was working with him on that film. It was, you know, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard any good stories about him. I met him once in Saudi Arabia. He was at a con that I was emceeing at. And I met his wife. And mm. she didn't talk. She didn't say one word the whole time. Mm. I actually felt bad for her. She's just a little Asian lady. Mm -hmm. And then he is like, Steven Seagal ate like 12 buffets. Yeah. Like standing next to her. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, was, it was really something, you know, like... This was my first leading role in a film. And so I was beyond thrilled and I was so ready. And so I'd get to set with like eight pages, nine pages of dialogue memorized and ready to go. And I get there, well, let me tell you my first day, I get to set and I'm ready and I meet him. He won't look me in the eye. So prior, weeks prior to even getting to set, uh, I was, sent kind of notes and, you know, if he asks you to go to his hotel room, if he, you know, wants time alone, you know, refuse, just say no and all of this. And so I was prepared for that. Um, he didn't choose me as his lead. Sony did. And so he was not very happy with that because he chose someone who he wanted for his lead. He had met her in his room and whatever. Anyway, Sony chose me. I'm on the set and I'm introduced to him. And this is like, we're about to shoot. So now I'm introduced to him. And it was after uh, a scene where after I had saved him from, you know, this shootout or whatever. Then... <laughs> So I walk up to him and we're, he's supposed to be my love interest. So I walk up to him, we're having this scene and he calls me a motherfucker in the scene. And he's going off and he says, this motherfucker. And I'm like, Ugh. so I give it back to him, you know? And so the director who is amazing was like, but, you know, everything's good. And he says, uh, so he even starts going off on me. And the way I was, and so, so the director says, you know, she's giving it back to you. The way you gave it, you just called her a motherfucker. She just saved your life. You know what I'm saying? Like she's giving it back to you. And, um, and so he gets up and he starts yelling and cursing and saying that this production was like 
I'll never forget. He said like a monkey, a football. <laughs> I was Whoa. like, what is this? And I, I got in, I, I backed up in this room and I kind of hid in the corner and I started crying. This was my first day. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. That sucks. I'm a, I'm a Van Damme fan. I'm not a Seagal fan. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so that's how it was. We're doing Steven Seagal. And wow. Sony was so kind and generous. They sent me gift baskets and like, like lots of gifts and notes and kindness. But... It was really challenging. And so every day when I would show up with all these pages memorized, he'd come in and he'd say, so I cut all of this out. Here's what I'm gonna say. And you say, okay. So basically my role was like, you know, not what it was supposed to be. So yeah, your third billing on IMDb. Yeah, but it, it wasn't like that when you watched the film. And then he, it was so bizarre even in um so i'm third billing right and i'm third bill but if you watch the credits my name is spelled incorrectly like it was just so bizarre it was all bizarre the whole the whole production was bizarre so yeah steven seagal questions for me <laughs> not if you're a fan don't ask i'm not a fan i my dad used to like him but um no, I'm a Van Damme fan. Van Damme won the, the contest <laughs> between the two, I think, by far, because at least oh. he's still in shape. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Well, what about working with Eddie Griffin? I just saw him live recently. It was fun, you know, and I actually had done an episode of uh, Malcolm and Eddie years ago, and so that was just fun. Everybody else was great. You know, honestly, everybody was great. It was just um, that experience was a trip. You know, <laughs> I have stories, you know, so that's good. <laughs> I don't regret it. Not at all. And, um, but, but yeah, everybody else was fantastic. Don Fauntleroy, who was the director, was really wonderful. He had worked with Seagal a lot. And so he was pretty familiar with yeah. what to Yeah, that name, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 Fauntleroy, he's fantastic. And he was just so kind and loving. It would just like, don't let him get you. Just let's go. We hired you for a reason. You know, get out there and do what you got to do. And so I did, but it wasn't it wasn't super pleasant. Like I said, left with lots of stories, but it wasn't the most pleasant experience. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Give me a call, Abe, if you want to hear some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Let us know where everybody can find you guys online. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, um, I can be I can be found uh, on Facebook at um, at uh, Avery Kid Waddell. That's uh, K I D D W A D D E L L. Um, and same on Instagram, actually at Avery Kid Waddell. And uh, same on Twitter, I believe. Yeah, same at Twitter. So <laughs> I'm pretty easy to find as long as you can remember Avery Kid Waddell. That's where you can find me across all the uh, social media platforms there. Carmen? I'm Carmen Serrano, C-A-R-M-E-N-S-E-R-A-N-O on Instagram. So just Carmen Serrano, at Carmen Serrano. And I think that's all I really do. But I mean, the other stuff's probably there, but I only look on Instagram. <laughs> Derek, what about you? Uh, I'm at uh, D-E-R-R-E-X 
Brady, B-R-A-D-Y, uh, pretty much on all the social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, um, pretty much the same. Okay, awesome. Uh, thank you guys yeah. so much for joining us. And everybody that is listening or watching, check out the movie Questions. I will put the link to as many of the places you can find the movie in the description as I possibly can because it's absolutely fantastic. I think more people Agreed. need to see it. These are not the kind of movies that Hollywood is making anymore. So show the support to the indie filmmakers because they're doing some great work. Thank you guys so much. You guys have been amazing. We really appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. No, we appreciate you guys coming on. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. And from all of us at the Three Geeks Podcast, have a great day. Thank you.